Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. I want to talk about something. Uh, well, I'm going to take a few uh, ideas, thoughts, theories, things that may seem a little bit left. And I'm going to talk about why they're not, right? I want to talk about unity and diversity. Unity and diversity. What? Friends? Okay, turn the channel. Okay. Now don't turn the channel. I got a point here. Hold on. So, you know, I've long owned who I am. Um, I'm an imperfect Christian. I'm a uh, dad. I'm a husband. I'm a warrior. I'm a lawyer. Analyst. I'm, a, I'm all sorts of things. Uh, and so I don't apologize for my views on things, right? I don't apologize for my views on anything. So that's part of that whole warrior thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not into apologizing for fighting for things. And uh, that sometimes is called uh, sowing discord, sowing this, sowing that. And what the left does is the left likes to accuse me of creating hate or creating anger or creating this or creating that. But it's actually quite the opposite because let me talk to you about this. So I've got a project going on, right? And uh, one of the projects I'm working on is my dear friend, uh, Pastor Bernadette Smith. So Pastor Bernadette Smith is a great friend to me. She's someone that I truly value. She's someone that uh, is a good person. She's just very godly. Her family is amazing. She's got some amazing boys uh, and a daughter. And her, you know, her husband, Phil, is just a great, just great people. Well, Pastor Bernadette made news not too long ago uh, because she brought the Christians and the Muslims and a bunch of other groups together up in the Detroit area to oppose the, uh, the pervert agenda that they keep trying to shove on kids in school. And, yeah, I've thought a lot about that lately, folks. And I've thought a lot about a lot of things because I've had to. And I want to share kind of where I've gotten with it. So when Pastor Bernadette did that, it was, it was national headlines. They tried to cover it up, but it still made national headlines because when do you get a fundamental kind of Christian pastor and a very, very tight net Islamic community working together on anything. And I'm going to tell you, I've had a lot, a lot of suspicions over the years about the Islamic community. I mean, you know, here's the deal. Let's be realistic. There's a lot of people in the Islamic community, uh, the militant community, and I want to distinguish between people who are Islamic and the militants, right? There are militants and they do bad things. But then again, I started thinking, Aren't there militant Christians? There certainly are. There's militants in every major religion. Now, we've, we've seen a lot about the, the militant Islam, but we haven't heard as much about the militant uh, people in other, other religions. Now, bear with me, right? Because I know you're thinking, Renz, what the hell are you saying? Now, bear with me. So I was thinking about all this. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the Islamic community in the Detroit area, uh, they wanted the same thing that I wanted, right? 
They wanted the same thing that I wanted. Now, they wanted freedom. Freedom to live by their life and their moral code, right? Now, I don't have to, you know, I'm a Christian. So my moral code and theirs is a little bit different. That's okay. Um, but they wanted the freedom to live by theirs, just like I want the freedom to live by mine. So then I thought more about this. And I thought, well, listen, the Muslim community in Detroit, the Christian community in, in, uh, you know, all over, we have that in common. We both want the freedom to live by our conscience. Now, then I thought about our country, a nation founded on the principles of freedom. And the First Amendment, freedom, freedom of religion, means you can believe however you choose, whether it's Muslim, whether it's Jewish, whether it's Christian, whether it's Hindu. And, and understand, I'm going to make this disclaimer at least 30 times during this. I am a Christian. That's not changing. I'm quite proud of my beliefs. But I don't have to, right? I also don't have to hate the people who are Islamic. I don't have to hate the people who are anything. And I shouldn't hate them. And if I am a Christian, I'm obliged not to hate them, right? So I, thought, I got thinking some more about this. So we have this country with all of these different uh, people from all these different places. There's this diversity, right? The diversity that we're all supposed to appreciate. But every time the left talks about this diversity, they, uh, they're, they're sowing division, right? It's always the black guy or the white guy or the brown guy. It's always the Islam, uh, Muslim or the Christian or the Jew. The news has to call everybody something. They don't ever just say the American from this city, right? Now, granted, we've seen a lot of terror come out of the Middle East, but yeah, for the most part, uh, with regards to what's occurring in the United States, we haven't seen a whole lot of massive terror from any given community. There, I mean, the, the, the people that came here in 9-11 came here from, from Saudi Arabia. They weren't, they weren't American. And I, you know, I would say that from what I've found, most of the American uh, Muslims just were not at all happy with what they did. So I'm thinking about this more and I realized, you know, guess what? Uh, this is all part of the same tactics to divide us, to break down freedom. And so I thought about our government, and I hope you're bearing with me on this, folks, because this is a kind of complicated thing, and it's hard to get there, so I, I got to go through steps. As I think about our government, what's our government's job? What's its role, right? What does the United States government, what, what is their position under the Constitution and everything else? Well, the, the role of the government is simply to ensure the freedom of people and to protect the freedom of people and to allow us to live our lives and you know make some roads and uh, uh, keep a military. That pretty much is it. Now our government you know meddles and everything does everything, but the question is not what they are doing, but what they should do. What is their role? What should their role be? So I thought about this more, and then I realized, okay, so if the role of the government is to facilitate freedom. And if I believe in freedom, then there's, there's that. Now I want to distinguish between freedom and faith. So under the guise of freedom, under our Constitution, you know, I don't want my government touching morality. I don't want them teaching morality because here's the problem. If I tell, say that they can teach morality and the morality that they're teaching ends up being something I dislike, well, where does that leave me, right? This is why we had the First Amendment. Right. Government can't endorse a specific religion. So we, we don't want the government 
uh, to decide that they're going to try and force us all to live as, as an Islamic state or a Jewish state or a Christian state or any other state. We just want them to say, build our bridges and keep us free so that we can decide how to live. Now, as a Christian, I have a job to evangelize. I have a job to stand for my faith. But that is very much separate from the legal obligations that our government has. But historically, what's happened, this is our government has leveraged the fact that a vast majority of the people, you know, know that there's a right and wrong. And they leverage this kind of faith-based concept to move themselves into a position of greater power. Right, regulating things that they shouldn't be regulating because, well, we have to. It's just not right otherwise, right? And that doesn't work, right? So for us as Christians, we can say, well, you know, they say we can't say uh, uh, prayers at school. The school can't lead in prayers. Well, don't go to the school, public school. Go to a Christian school, right? Because if they can lead in prayers, why couldn't they lead in, a, in an Islamic prayer? Why couldn't they lead in the Jewish prayer, a Hindu prayer, a Buddhist prayer? See, if we let this, there's no way under the law. See, God's law is perfect, right? So God's law is perfect. And with God's law, you know, I'm fine with just obeying. But with man's law, I don't have much trust. And every time man has power, they use the law to corrupt. So going back to this thing up in Detroit, I'm looking at a government that's done nothing but uh, but be corrupt. They have nothing genuine that they do anywhere. And, uh, you know, they, there's just so much animosity and discord sown between the Islamic community and the Christian community that, uh, yeah, the, there's just, there's a lot of distrust. But I realized several months back that that might not be the right thing to do. Because at the end of the day, um, I'm going to continue living as a Christian because the law allows me to. And the freedom that we stand for allows me to. Well, the Muslim community has that same law, so they get to do their thing too. And I can't be inconsistent in my reasoning. So they have the right to do that. So if that's the case, then what do we do? Because we're living under the same roof, right? We're all in the same country. So should we just continue distrusting and hating each other and allowing the left to divide us and to hate everything that we stand for? Um, Or should we start having a conversation with each other? So I'm quite honored to say I I had the great honor to meet the Islamic mayor of a, of a city called Hamtramck. It's a suburb in Detroit. And uh, I had a great conversation with the guy. And I'm looking forward to talking to him in this community more. And I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you. And I think this might be a little controversial amongst the people that listen to me. I'm hoping to bridge the gap. I'm hoping that we can unite under, under the banner of freedom. I'm hoping that we can all come together and say, listen, you have the right to live by your faith and your morals, just like I do. And as long as we respect that right in each other, we should stand up for each other and protect each other's freedom. Part of that includes protecting our children from being indoctrinated with things that we should be teaching at home. Part of that comes from making sure that we can continue living by our conscience. All the different things that, that the Democrats and the left are trying to prevent that are hurting the, the, the Christian community terribly, but also hurting the Islamic community and the Jewish community and every other community. See, the left tends to divide us. They always try to divide us. Now, Christ, and I'm going to speak as a Christian, I'm trying to walk this line real carefully because I want to show respect for people living their life the way that they can. I don't have to agree with your morals, right? I don't agree with a lot of people's morals, 
But Christ taught us a, a lot. One of the things that Christ did is uh, Christ lived his way. And he showed people how he thought people should live. And for those that followed, you know, it's my belief that we're saved. I'm saved because Christ saved me. For those that don't, he was quite specific about what we do. He said, live your life, treat people like you want to be treated, and uh, leave, leave God, judgment for God. So that's, that's my job. So I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to do what I can to help people get to Christ if that's what they want to do. But if they choose not to, free will was always the foundation of Christ and the, God's teach. I mean, if you're a believer in the God of Abraham, you believe in freedom, right? He created mankind, and instead of forcing faith on us, he gave us freedom to choose to believe or not. If that's if you believe that, then you have to believe that freedom is fundamental to faith. And we can't force our religion on anybody. We've been trying to force, I mean, going back to the Crusades, going, going to some of the things that occur in some of the more uh, terrible places in you know, the Middle East, you know, we've been trying to force religion on each other forever. It will never work because God gave us the freedom to choose to believe or not. So we're never going to be able to force religion. We're never going to be able to force faith. We can only live it, model it, and hope that it reaches people. In the meantime, the best thing that we can do from a governmental perspective, from a regulatory, from a legal perspective, is promote freedom. So let me take this to, let me kind of bring this all around. If you believe that the God of Abraham who is, by the way, you know, the, the God of Abraham is believed in uh, differently, but is the same, same, uh, same being, uh, you know, for the, the Muslims, the Jews, and the Christians. We all have the, the God of Abraham, right? Um, and we all believe that we have Abraham as, as, an, as uh, the foundation of this whole thing, right? If you believe that, then you believe that he could have created slaves, but he didn't. He believed he created people who have the freedom to make the most important decision they have, and that is the freedom to choose to believe. I choose to believe in Jesus Christ. I do. It's my choice. Can't prove it. I can't prove anything about it. It's faith. If I could prove it, it wouldn't be faith. I choose to believe. Other people don't. All I can do is live it and model it. We've learned over the centuries, we can't force our faith on anybody. We cannot override God's will. God's will was that everybody have the free will to choose to have faith or not. We can't override that. It doesn't matter if we have a crusade. It doesn't matter if we strap a suicide bomb to our vest. It doesn't matter what we do. We can't do that. So with that in mind, we need to work to ensure that our governments allow us to freely live because there is no middle ground on that. If you start censoring Muslims, if you start censoring Christians, if you start censoring Jews, if you start censoring Hindus, if you start censoring Buddhists, it's only going to continue to grow. There's no way to distinguish between the right of conscience for one person and another. That's between the person and God, which is why Christ taught us that only God can judge the heart of man. It's not our job to judge each other. It's our job to live the life that we believe to be morally correct. And I hope that you found Christ, and I hope that that's the life you'll live. But what I don't see the need to do or the value in is fighting with my brother and sister Americans over their belief system. 
it's not going to change their belief system. And as long as their belief system respects the freedoms that we all have to have, then we're Americans. Let's stand together. Let's unify. Let's, let's embrace that, right? Let's embrace freedom. It's the one thing that Americans were always able to come together on. You know, if we look back in the history of America, there were times where there were huge fights between Protestants and Catholics or, you know, there's different groups, different, we've always had that. The one thing we've all came together on, though, is freedom. Freedom was the number one thing. We fought a civil war over it. And we came down on the side of freedom, as we should have. We need to continue that. From a governmental perspective, there's nothing better that we can do than offer each other freedom and to support each other's freedom. I'm honored that I'm in co- having some conversation with the Islamic community in Detroit, and I hope that I can continue doing that. I hope I can build trust and help them to understand that, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I made mistakes, and I used to, uh, you know, judge that everybody that, you know, had that faith, yeah, I suspect, you know, that was wrong of me. It was wrong. And so now I'm asking them to, to talk with me. I'm honored to talk with them, and I hope that I'm able to do so in a positive way. I hope that I can model Christ's efforts and to speak honestly and to speak with integrity to them and to bring us together under the banner of freedom because I think that's what God wants for our government, freedom. We'll model faith, we'll model morality, we'll live freedom. We'll be right back. How do we protect our bodies from harm in a world filled with invisible threats? In each one of our trillions of cells, a remarkable process takes place in the mitochondria, which is known as the powerhouse of the cell. Redox signaling molecules are produced here. And ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. And the results speak for themselves. As someone who needed an energy boost at a crucial time in my life, I was introduced to ASEA. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Okay, welcome back. So, you know, we're talking about this diversity and freedom and unity. And unifying under the banner of freedom is critical, right? It doesn't matter what your faith is. So, you know, here's the thing. I also uh, 
oh, I don't know, it's probably been a year and a half or so ago now, maybe two years. Uh, I had one of the great honors of my life. Uh, I got to go speak at, uh, I got to go, I guess, present case, present evidence before a rabbinical court, a Jewish rabbinical court um, in New York. And what an honor that was. I mean, that was awesome. It really was. I had a whole bunch of rabbis there and a bunch of, you know, these learned gentlemen. It was really cool. I, I mean, I got to be honest with you guys. That was a huge deal and it was a great thing. And uh, so I kind of feel the same way about about talking to the Islamic community in the sense that uh, it's a little bit different. But I, I, anytime someone's willing to talk to me that's, you know, completely different in their mindset on, on something, I'm usually pretty honored by that. And the reason for it is, is that, you know, listen, everybody knows what I stand for. I'm not shy about it. And that doesn't change, right? So, like, when I sit down and I talk to someone, it doesn't matter whether they're Christian, Muslim, brown, black, white, yellow, green, doesn't matter who you are or what you are. To me, we all bleed red, and you get what you get with me. And uh, pretty much anybody that actually knows me knows that. I don't, I just don't care. But that's not out of anything other than respect, right? What am I going to lie to you about what I am? Am I going to pretend I'm something I'm not? That's disrespectful. I would never do that, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to learn about what your ways are and your things and your ideas. And that's what I want to do with this, right? So this Islamic community is such a big deal because I want to learn from them. I want to understand what they're doing and understand where this distrust is coming from because I know where it's coming from on my side, you know, on the Christian side. And I want to understand it from their side. And what I want to do is find a way to bring us together. Because I believe that that's what Christ wants, which is important to me. And I believe that that's what our nation needs, which is important to everybody. And I hope that it's something that they believe is right. Now, we'll find out. And, we'll, you know, we're going to go wherever that goes. Um, but I'm so honored by it, right? I'm so honored. And, by the way, good people. They were very, very kind good, nice people. Now, I bring that up because here's the thing. We talk about uniting under the banner of freedom. And I want to stress to you, this is based on faith. And I think this is uh, you know, something that's really been used improperly in our country. Uh, now, I'm not a religious scholar. I'm a lousy Christian, but I try. I do my very best. Um, and I continue to try, and maybe I'm wrong on this. And if I am, someone should tell me. But, you know, to my mind, uh, Christ would want us, I mean, he dined with the sinners and the tax collectors. He went to where people, there were no Christians before Christ. So obviously he wasn't just hanging out with Christians preaching to the choir. Um, if we can't communicate with each other respectfully, how are we going to teach anyone anything? And I want to challenge my Christian brothers and sisters to not close themselves off, right? Oh, you're Jewish. Oh, you're Muslim. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Whatever. So what? I'm this. Hopefully, if you see how I live my life and you like it and you see what God does for me, you'll decide to come the same over, the same way. If you got questions, I'm happy to tell you. If you don't, then we'll talk about something else. That's my approach to this, right? Um because I can't force God's will. I can only live it, right? And I fail in that myself way more than I should. So who am I to try and force it on anybody? Only guy that I ever known of that could really, uh, I guess, had the right to force it on anybody was Christ because he's the only one that did it perfectly. 
uh, you know, for the rest of us, the best we can do is to model it, not be afraid to discuss it, not to be afraid to stand for it, but to, to do our best to live it. And that's what Pastor Bernadette taught me. You know, Bernadette and Phil, like I said, both pastors, both wonderful people. But, you know, she brought some of these different communities together. And, and we talk about this kind of this, this idea of unity and bringing each other together for freedom. Now, this is particularly important because the division is part of the election fraud and part of the corruption and part of the things that's happening, right? Uh, the Democrats and the left, you know, they sow this division, they sow this division, and then these corrupt people come in and they leverage a division to do things. You know, we see what's happened uh, down in, in Georgia where the guy, what was the guy, was it a, a Blacks for Trump? I'm trying to, let's see if I got it in my stack here. Uh, the guy, so it had, had the black guy, the African-American guy that, uh, you know, was was put in jail because he supported Donald Trump and didn't believe in election fraud. He just got out. Uh, Harrison Floyd, he just got out, and he sa- he says, thanks, Fannie Willis, for the N-E-G-R-O wake-up call. That's a quote. His word's not mine, right? Uh, that's, he's right. He's right. The same thing that's happened with the black community, the Muslim community, the the Hispanic community, all these communities, the first thing they try and do is divide us so we hate each other. And it's been very effective. And it's the reason that we are in such a mess in this country. Listen, we don't have to agree on every tax policy. We don't have to agree on every... Uh, you know, law that's passed. What we do need to do is agree that at the foundationally, freedom is everything. And we all have the right to live in, and believe as we choose. That's the number one thing. But, but that's what the division is for, right? So what I'd like to do and what I'm hoping we can do. Now, just so that you know, something else. So Pastor Bernadette, she's a leader in the black community in Michigan as well. And I had the great opportunity to speak to a bunch of pastors, some black, some white, up in the area, and to talk to them about unity, unity under Christ. Now, when I talk about that, it's a little bit different, because with that, under Christ, my pastors, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that's a little bit different, because what I'm saying to them is, listen, you're a shepherd. you got to guard this flock. The flock's under attack. There's wolves all over the place. You're a pasture. You gonna you gonna support uh, freedom or you not? Are you gonna support God's word, or are you gonna sell out? You gonna go ahead and say, well, you know, the Democrats they're pro-abortion, uh, you know, tranny kids that's fine. You know, you gonna sell out like that, or are you gonna stand for your kids and for your family as Christ asked you to? And I can speak on that because guess what? I am a Christian. I can't tell a Muslim or a Jewish or a Hindu person about their faith because I'm not. I don't know about it. But as a Christian, I can talk about that. And, you know, to me, I may not be righteous or good enough to tell a pastor what to think, but I don't care. I know what the book says. I've read it. And I'm pretty sure that if you're going to go out and raise money as a pastor and then sell out on the core beliefs of that book, then there's something wrong with that. But we've got this wonderful confluence, right? So you've got a leader in the black community who's a righteous woman who who doesn't believe in race, you know using race as a as as a crutch she believes that we all bleed red we've had wonderful conversations about this and uh, and by the way her kids 
uh, her kids are spectacular. They're on, uh, they're all over Facebook and all over all these things. They're, they're, they do a lot of stuff and I'd urge you to listen to and follow them. Uh, great, great kids. Uh, well, they're adults. They're not kids, but they're everybody under forties and a, a kid to me. Cause I'm like a dinosaur, but, um, love their family. So, but they come together under Christ with the Islamic community to stand for freedom and to protect our kids. How amazing is that? Isn't that what America is? Isn't that diversity? Isn't that unity? Isn't that all the things that the left preaches but won't live, right? You notice that when that happened, there was almost no coverage, almost no coverage of the huge protest by the Islamic and Christian community up in Detroit. Huge protests about what they were doing in the schools. These people fought back and they stood shoulder to shoulder. You know, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm so inspired by that sort of stuff. And it really is, it's foundational as a Christian, I believe. Because again, as a Christian, my job is to model. I can never force and I can't model if I can't talk to you. How are you going to know what I believe or why I believe it? If we can't even talk, how are we going to do that? So we've got to get there. Whether you do it because of a, your Christianity, whether you do it because you're a patriot and you believe in freedom, or whatever the reason you do, we've got to start reaching out to the people who look, act, and sound different from us. Unity means unity. And the United States was meant to be unified under the ideals of freedom. Christ taught us how to live. The United States taught us to be free or embodied the ideals that Christ taught us by helping us to be free. In any event, if you're willing to believe in freedom, I don't care what you believe or do. Okay. I mean, I hope, hope, hope that you find Christ. I hope that for everybody. And if you ask me about it, I'm happy to talk to you about it. But I want, we all got to come together under freedom or none of us can find anything. You know, the first thing that happens when you get a communist Marxist uh, type government is they get rid of faith. I mean, look at the church in China. They can't do it. They can't teach faith. They can't teach Christianity. You know, they got a censored Bible. Look at the church. I mean, look at North Korea. They think there's a strong Christian church there. Folks, we have to preserve our faith by preserving our freedom. Man's law is imperfect, so the best thing we can do is limit man's ability to make law. Now, this is my analysis as an attorney, because every time they make new law, they make more law, they do this, they do that, it fails. Now, let me tell you about another byproduct of this that I think is really important. If we're able to breach the gaps between these communities that the left has spent so much time sowing division in, right? So my thing is, is listen, black, white, yellow, red, regardless of your race, your creed, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, whatever, nobody wants their kids to be abused or live in a horrible place. Everybody wants to live their life, right? That means freedom. Now we can believe differently as we live our life, but everybody wants an opportunity for their kids and their families, right? So, in fact, one of the little discussed things is when we see the, the Islamic militants, the suicide bombers, one of the things that you don't frequently hear is how they get that to happen. 
see a lot of times what will happen is they'll find people who are so desperate, so broke, their families are starving, this, that, and other. Everything is just horrible on a level where the, that we in America can't understand. We're literally talking about people starving to death uh, or, or you know, dying from whatever. And they'll say to someone, well, listen, you're going to die anyways. Uh, but if you if you go strap a bomb to yourself and blow some people up, we'll uh, we'll make sure your family's taken care of. And you know when people are desperate enough, sometimes that sometimes makes sense. That's a shame. But a lot of the times, what they've found, and not always, it depends. Some of these guys are just zealots. A lot of them are zealots, but they're t- they're typically zealots who are. Uh, there's more to it than that. Um, where you have freedom and prosperity it's a lot less common, right? So we have a few lunatics. We have mental health issues in this country, but we don't have the same sort of things that you see uh, in the Middle East because it's a different situation. If we can bridge that gap, if we can bridge the gap between the communities and start fighting for freedom, we can start fighting against some of the things that allow for the voter fraud and these other things. So when we look, we see the Michigan police memos raise concern about the possible nationwide voter registration fraud scheme, right? Headline and just the news. So this uh, stuff that's going on in Michigan, right? This voter fraud was a national scheme. They knew about it, it happened here, happened there. But one of the things that we found when we look at the analysis related to Michigan voter fraud, you see that a majority of it happened in these communities that hate everything conservative or anything else. And here's the thing. When you talk to the people, you find out they don't actually hate it. They just don't know. They've been lied to. They've been misled. They all like the idea of freedom, of them being able to live their lives freely and successfully. That's why Trump made such inroads with the, with the, with the black community in this country, because he legitimately was fighting for their interests for the first time in, in decades. Because the Democrats always say that they're they're trying to help uh, you know the black community, but they're not. They, I mean, they for decades. I mean, the black the Democrats were the ones that that kept segregation alive. They fought the Civil War against the Democrats who wanted slavery. I mean, the Democrats have historically been the most racist crew out there. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. But they've tricked, you know, they tricked the black community into thinking that the Republicans were against them. Well, Trump was very successful in reaching across uh, to that community, and it was a really important thing. And that's people are starting to see that more. I mean, especially you look at this guy, uh, what's his name, uh, Floyd Harrison, or uh, oh, what's his name, Harrison Floyd. Um, you know, starting to see this. If we can, though, the the minority communities were targeted for voter fraud. We can see that statistically, right? We can see the, the analysis of this shows that it's the far left communities, the inner city communities, those were targeted most for voter fraud. And uh, if we can get these communities to come to the table, if we can work with people, if we can be honest with people, and I am being honest, I'm telling you this is an important part of this, uh, then guess what we can do? We can potentially say, hey, you know that they're taking advantage of you guys because they are. And hopefully, when, when presented with the facts and the reality, these communities will start to see, wait a second, if we vote, if we take advantage, if we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we can, we can be empowered. We can start having good people in there that will support freedom. This is a big deal. It could have a big impact on the election. 
And it's an important part of the election. I really, really hope this works out. I want to be a part, you know, I want to be friends with every single one of these communities. Now, listen, I'm not running for anything. And I'm not even getting paid for this work, by the way. You know that nobody pays me for this. This is part of my fight for freedom. If we don't unify under the banner of freedom, our nation is lost. I want to be clear. So like this stuff that I'm going to do up in, in Detroit and that I'm doing, and this stuff that I'm doing, I'm doing this in a bunch of places. I'm doing a bunch of things. Everybody says, what do you do, Renz? Well, I fight for freedom. How do you do that? Well, for example, we're, gonna, we're you know, in talks trying to help this community to see what freedom is and that, that they should, it should be embraced and that we should trust each other and work together for freedom. I'm going to put myself out there on that. I'm going to put myself out there hard. And I'm going to try and bridge that. I hope to God, I pray to Jesus that he gives me the wisdom of Solomon and that I, uh, that I can find a way to help bring people together for freedom and to be a good role model and, uh, you know, and to, to live his, his life, uh, you know, his way. If we're, if we're lucky, folks, if we can start opening up these doors and going in the places that everybody, because everybody's afraid to go to these. What? You have a big, you know, I spoke on a Juteteenth event. Pastor Bernadette had me speak on it. Um, big white guy speaking on a Juneteenth event. I sure did. I sure did. And I was honored to do it. But if I don't go to these places and do, well, you can't have a big white guy talking on Juneteenth. Why? Why can't I celebrate the, the, the freeing of slaves? Why can't I celebrate? I'm, I'm, very, I'm legitimately excited about that. Hell yeah, I can. We should all celebrate that. Wait. Wait. Is Ren saying that he actually really does believe in freedom and equality? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, folks. And I'm trying to live it. I encourage you to do the same. Support us at TomRens.com. Support us on the America Out Loud Network and the Tom Renz Show. We'll be right back. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Okay, welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the Stack O Stuff segment. I'm very excited about the Stack of Stuff today, and I am starting with something that is a totally random Stack of Stuff type thing, right? Uh, so my dear, dear, dear brother uh, and friend, uh, Eric Naputi, uh, he has a daughter whose name is Josie, and uh, she has a fundraiser going on. She needs to raise a few bucks for a volleyball thing. Right, she's a young girl. Uh, she's plays volleyball, and uh, she's got a fundraiser. And uh, I'm going to have the link in the show notes, and I hope you all will support her and helping her to raise. They only need to raise like uh, twenty three hundred dollars, and they're almost there. Um, but I'd get a boot out of making sure that that happens, and uh, that these guys uh, do a good job on it because uh, she's a sweet kid and. Yeah, I figured I'd talk about it here and see if anybody wants to support her. I hope you're supporting us at TomRens.com and, uh, you know, the Rens Law Gifts and Go as well. But uh, you know what? I just want to make sure that this little girl gets some support. She's a sweet kid, and uh, her mom and dad are just dear friends to me. So anyways, uh, random Tom thing. But you know what? It's my show. I can do what I want, right? So uh, let's move into some more uh, news-like stuff. Uh, I think this is important. Uh, Ivermectin worked. New peer-reviewed study proves it, right? Well, it did. It did. And uh, I don't really know why it took this long to figure that out. I mean, this was about as clear as can be. And uh, the study study wasn't... uh, I mean, this study came out a while ago, right? I mean... There's just it's an old study, but it wasn't peer reviewed, right? So it was they just well, you know, it can't be right because it was yeah, this is no good. It hasn't been peer reviewed, and uh, you know that's absolutely absurd on every level. But yeah, seventy four percent reduction in excess deaths in the in the ten Peru states where it was used most intensively, right? Fourteen-fold reduction in nationwide excess deaths when ivermectin was readily available, and then a thirteen-fold increase in excess deaths in the two months after ivermectin was restricted. So when it was available, nobody died. When it wasn't available, everybody died. Huh? Who would have thunk that? It's almost like uh, you know us conservatives that were out there pushing the conspiracy theory that horse paste works were right. Either that or it was Fauci, the CDC, and the Department of Defense drumming up death numbers so that they could uh, scare the hell out of people so that they'd go get an experimental modified RNA vaccine that would just just destroy their genome. Just saying that's a possibility. All right. And I want to follow that up with this. Headline, unreported truths, very urgent, mRNA COVID jabs damage immune response to others, uh, other viruses in children, new study finds. Okay, so uh, I didn't spend a ton of time going through the details of the study because I don't need to. 
Uh, this is a new study, and uh, this crew is reporting that uh, kids who got the mRNA COVID jabs had a weakened immune response to other viruses and bacteria, Australian researchers reported in a study published last week. There is zero question about this, folks. In fact, because I'm already doing research on this for another piece of uh, litigation and another piece of uh, work, uh, I can just tell you already, yeah, it destroys your immune system. And in fact, I did tell you a couple years ago, back in December of 2021, I said, get the jab, get COVID. Get the jab, get sick. Get the jab, get dead. I said that repeatedly. And the reason I said it was because it was true and we knew it that far back. But they lied. They lied just like they do everywhere else. And uh, now I will take an issue because this guy uh, still called them mRNA COVID jabs, which is a lie. Uh, they weren't and aren't and will never be mRNA COVID jabs. They are mod RNA. They're synthetic, altered, modified RNA. They are not messenger RNA which is what mRNA is supposed to stand for, but uh, is the thing that Pfizer, Moderna, and others have defrauded the world into believing uh, was true. So yeah, these kids uh, in this study, you saw that, that their immune response was generally uh, weakened, right? And in this study, they're talking about cytokine and uh, response and some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, so here's the deal. Spike protein gums up a bunch of your uh, your lymphocytes and your immune response and a bunch of things and, and screws that all up, right? So that means that your, your body's natural immune cells, they don't work as right as well or right, right? I mean, it's all screwed up. It screws up the whole thing. It's like throwing, a, it's like throwing a, a wrench into a whole bunch of big giant gear cogs, you know, or a big clock. Uh, it just doesn't does not work out well. Uh, so, and it's probably a cascading effect. I mean, we're only starting to study it and understand it, but basically, we know this. I mean, Ryan Cole was talking about this quite some time ago, and so was McCullough, I believe, and as well as many others. It it, dis, it destroys your natural immune system. Right. So, yeah, yeah, their immune responses to other viruses is weaker. Now, these these jabs absolutely are poisonous in every way, shape, and form. And remember, when you get the jab, COVID, you know, one of the most pathogenic parts of COVID is the spike protein. The spike protein causes a lot of damage. And uh, you know, the, in the same way, you got to understand that the spike is what you're creating when you get the jab. That jab makes it so your body creates the thing that makes you sick for eternity, potentially. We don't know how long. I mean, it was supposed to only be for a short time to train your body, but that's not what happened. So we don't really know. But I mean, yeah, if you're getting this or if you've gotten this and you wonder why you keep getting sick, well, now you have it. I mean, like I said, this isn't new news. We've had this for quite some time. But, you know, and folks, just FYI, before I hear anybody, well, you're not a scientist. How can you say that? I don't need to be a scientist. I'm a lawyer, right? I don't, I, I spend too much time with scientists as it is, folks. I want to, I'm going to vent about this. It's stack of stuff time, so I'm going to vent. I'm going on a rant here. I am not a scientist. I am a lawyer. I'm a lawyer whose job it is to read and understand things and then convey them in a way that people can understand them. 
right? I can read science and I can understand science. I can't do science. I couldn't perform these tests. I couldn't perform these experiments that, that result in them creating these things. That's a scientist's job. But it is absolutely my job as an attorney to read and understand this stuff and convey it in simple terms. And of course I can do that. I've been doing it for three and a half years. I've worked with every scientist, doctor, and uh, other guy out there that you can imagine. No, I am not a scientist. I'm much better at communicating it than they are because that's my job, right? Scientist's job is to understand it and to figure it out. My job is to communicate it. So please uh, do me a favor. Please quit telling me I'm not a scientist. I'm acutely aware. I can't create this science. I have no capacity to do that. But I do know how to read. And I think that's probably the more important factor in determining whether or not I know what I'm saying. Because none of the things I'm telling you are based on experiments that I'm doing. It's all based on just reading what they say and, and communicating it in simple terms. So we need more lawyers in this, by the way. And, you know, the Joe Rogans and uh, the Dan Bonginos and Tucker Carlson's, these guys are awesome and they do an incredible job. But frankly, I think they need to talk to some people who know how to communicate this a little bit more. Anyways, just saying, Joe, you can call me. I'm sure that's going to happen anytime now. Uh, I'll, I'll be waiting by my phone. Uh, anyway, Rogan's a big shot. I, you know, I mean, I don't expect he's ever going to even know who I am. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Uh, Cornell West says the Democrat Party is unable to meet the needs of the poor. You think? You think? That's right. Cornell West. He is not exactly a right winger. And, uh, well, he said the Democrats are beyond redemption. Uh, they don't care about the poor and working people. And he is dead right. How, who knew I'd be agreeing with Cornell West? <laughs> I mean, but I do. Uh, this is really something, you know, uh, this is, this is a, an interview with The Hill. And, uh, yeah, he talks about Bernie Sanders and uh, I believe he talks about AOC in here. You know, he says, it just, it's really amazing. Uh, this is an amazing thing. And this is true. This is very true. You know, the left and the Democrats, they don't care. He said, here's what he said. They are, this is Cornell West talking about the Democrats. They are dominated by the corporate wing. They're dominated by the militarists when it comes to foreign policy. And that Sanders and AOC and the others are going to be, in a certain sense, window dressing at worst. And at best, people to appeal to every four years, um, West said. But the Democrat Party is beyond redemption at this point when it comes to seriously speaking to the needs of the poor and working people. He's right. He's right. The, these guys have sold out to a point, you know, the Republicans have sold out. You know, I mean, there's no question about that. But not to the extent the Democrats have. The Democrats aren't even making a pretense of caring about people anymore. They don't care if you, especially especially the people who they think that they've got in the bag. What they're doing in the African-American communities and uh, some of the other minority communities is absolutely sick. I mean, we see abortion rates so high in a lot of these, in, in black communities. I mean, the number of black babies who are murdered, mind-blowing. That's been a long-term plan. You think that's an accident? 
You think that's an accident? You know, you look at what's happening. Where's the where's the jobs? Where's the job creation in these in these communities, right? So you look at the black communities around the country. What kind of job creation do you have? How's the economic situation? How about the gang violence? How about all these things? These minority communities have been crapped on by the Democrats for so long, and they're starting to wake up to it. And I praise God. And again, as I've talked about throughout this show, I will be honored to talk to, to go into the places that nobody wants to go and to stand shoulder to shoulder with anybody who believes in freedom. And I don't care what you look like, what you believe or who you are. If you believe in freedom, I'm your man. I'm with you. And I mean real freedom. Equality based on content of character, not color of skin. You're willing to work and to be free. I'm not interested in handouts. I'm not interested in reparations. I'm not interested in any of that nonsense. I'm interested in where we are today and where we're going to be tomorrow. But if you want to fight for your kids to be free, if you want a future where the content of character determines what you do in life, not the color of your skin, not the religion, not the race, not the creed, not anything but what you do, then you and I are brothers because we I don't care about any of that other stuff. I just care that what we do what we do defines us, not what we look like. Anyways, so I thought this was really important. I think that uh, it, it's just a big deal. It's just a really big deal that uh, you see these these. And I've always, you know, I I, I got to say I admire that I admire Cornell West having the courage to speak out on this. I really do. Um, I mean, who would who would have thought? I mean, this is crazy days, right? Uh, the people that you find yourself agreeing with. Anyways, moving on. Headline, uh, and I already talked about this one, but I want to bring it back up. Michigan police memos raise concern about nationwide voter fraud registra- voter registration fraud scheme. This goes, and I touched on this in the previous episode, but this is GBI strategies, and they were. They are all over the country, and they got millions of dollars from the Democrat Party and all these different people. This is why we got to support. You know, the Michigan Republican Party is actually, you know, they're, they're doing what they're, do- they're supposed to be doing, right? So they've got Christina Corm up there and uh, Robert Owens up there, a bunch of people that have stepped in and they're trying to make it a we the people Republican Party rather than a we the rhinos. And a bunch of the rhino billionaires up there are really mad about this, right? I mean, they're doing everything they can to sow discord up there. And if you're in Michigan and if you're a part or, or have ever been a part of the GOP, I want to urge you all to, to communicate with each other, right? We've got a lot of word. We've heard a lot of things. And one thing that we're certain of is that some of these billionaire rhinos that were running the state for so long are doing everything they can to sow discord in the the current Republican Party because you guys, the current Republican Party is fighting back. And if these guys actually put out, you know, they put out that they're going to fight voter fraud and they're going to fight for the Second Amendment. If they actually do that, that could be a game changer nationally. So I want to urge you to support that and to communicate with each other and work together. Don't let the rhinos uh, do what the rhinos do, which is so division. All right. Um, headline, Joe Hoft. Uh, corrupt Obama judge finds Rudy Giuliani guilty because he didn't turn over devices the FBI took from his home. All right. So uh, here's what happened. You know, Giuliani was, uh, you know, charged with, I don't know, something, defamation, I think is this case. And uh, they got to discovery. 
and the other side said, well, we need, we need this information from your devices or that information or whatever. And, and Giuliani says, well, I, I can't give it to you. The FBI sees these devices and I don't have it anymore. I don't know where it's at. So, I mean, that's a pretty legitimate thing. I mean, he can't help it. They, they, the FBI took it, right? Well, the judge uh, didn't really see that as a, a good excuse. So the judge says, well, uh, since you're not following the rules of discovery, um, well, we're, we're, you're just guilty. And uh, we're going to have the only thing the jury is going to decide is how much you owe on this. Right. So this judge and it's an Obama appointed judge. And I don't know, you know, I, I haven't read the court ruling because at this point um, there's so much shady stuff happening. I don't I just, you know, listen, I don't. Joe does a great job. Joe Hoff does a great job writing these stories. He does a great job researching. Uh, you know, Joe's a good guy. I actually just got to sit with Joe at the at the Reawaken tour, and uh, he's just a good guy. But you know, he he does his homework. And you know, for me, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this isn't a real big surprise. I've seen shadier things happen, but it goes to the two tier justice system and the issues we're having across our country. So, all right. Um, Oh, let's talk, go to Ultra Right Beer. There is a beer brand, and it is titled Ultra Right. Like, I guess a play on Mick, Mick Ultra or Mick Light or something. I don't know, but it's called Ultra Right, uh, as in Ultra Right Winger. And it is a beer born out of the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. And apparently they are now sending beer out by the tractor trailer load. <laughs> uh They've already surpassed one million in sales and can be found in stores in two states. So, as far right beer or ultra right beer, uh, I, I just think that's hilarious. One hundred percent woke free beer. So you can get your ultra right beer, one hundred percent woke free beer, and uh, if you can get it, you're in good shape because it's hard to find. Uh, right now, it's in Georgia and Arkansas. And they're working on adding additional states. But uh, apparently, this is just booming. Everybody wants ultra-right beer. And I can't say I blame them. They got a nifty little red, white, and blue can. Um, I don't see any pictures of Dylan Mulvaney. I like it. Support us at TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show. And keep on listening. We'll be back. <laughs>